0: Fantasy Football Faithful. It's your boy, Matty Kewoom, and welcome to the latest episode of Kewoom and Jones Fantasy Football Show. We are back, ladies and gents. We are here now for Season 2. We are going to be recording every Sunday night for your fantasy football goodness. When the season kicks off and it's officially underway, maybe we'll go ahead and add, uh, you know, a weekday show as well. And if you know Kewoom's here, you know Jonesy's here. My man, my brother from another mother, the dome, certified lover boy of fantasy football, Chris Jones. What's going on, dude?
1: What up, boy? We're back. Season two officially here. We're on multiple platforms now. We're going, we're going big time. We're going big time.
0: You know what I'm saying? It's just season one was you little bit of an appetizer, if you will. Season two, we're gonna start getting into the thick of things. Getting to that main course for Cuban Jones fantasy football show to the proverbial moon. And maybe quite literally, if Elon wants to hook your boys up with a seat on one of his rockets, we have an action packed show for you guys here tonight. We're going to play a little bit of who would you rather draft a little this, that, the other, uh, redraft edition. Going to be talking about some names that are, kind of polarizing whether it be in the community or in your draft room so it's maybe not exactly draft season for most people out there but you're getting you know the, the the ball is a rolling so it's time to start thinking about who you're going to take in these coin flip situations but before we dive in let's I want to talk about camps you know some of these mini camps are kicking off these OTAs are underway Jones, is there something in the headlines, a storyline, a, a headline itself, something that's going on in someone's camp that's got you thinking about fantasy football?
1: I mean, I think the, the obvious one we gotta be talking about is what's going on in San Fran. You know, Debo Samuel wants out. Jimmy G versus Trey Lance. There are a couple storylines there and there. I mean, is Elijah Mitchell going to be the bell cow again this year? Because with the way the running backs are shaped and formed, you get one, maybe two good seasons, and then you get moved on. I think the prime example of thinking like that is I think of the Broncos with Philip Lindsay. Guy was undrafted, came in, had a 1,000-yard rushing season, produced very well in year two, and they just, cut, they just cut him loose. So see what Elijah Mitchell does there. What's the update on Debo? Is Debo staying? Is he going? and i think the big one for Kyle Shanahan is is he giving Trey Lance the keys or is it Jimmy's Jimmy's team for another year
0: it is kind of weird that they're letting the the situation play this long into the summer holding on to to Jimmy G we just saw Baker Mayfield de- dealt maybe that's the uh you know the domino that's going to have to be pushed over to to get the the rest of the qb Kind of logjam situated. I don't know. Well, why bring it up real quick? What did you think about uh, Baker Mayfield going to the Carolina Panthers?
1: I think it's a good spot for him. I think he easily gets the starting job. I think Donald's going to get cut. I think they cut. They end up cutting Donald, and then I think he ends up signing with Seattle, and he's their starter by like week three.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Uh, because when they cut him, I think the the cap against his number, uh, but what they're saving with Baker's almost a wash, if I'm if I'm seeing that correctly. I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, I love it and, and in a fantasy football p- possibility. I've gone back with a few but back and forth with a few of my buddies about the DJ Moore situation. Uh they you know, some people are down on him. And it's like, how could you be down on a man who's had three straight twelve hundred yard all purpose seasons? With absolute bums at the quarterback. I mean, who has he played with over the last three years? Sam Darnold, you know, Medea goes to play football, aka Cam Newton. Uh, Who else has he played with? Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Two Gloves. Didn't like, uh, what was that season? It was like Will Greer got a shot, Mm -hmm. and was it Tyler Heineke got a shot? Wasn't he in Carolina still with Ron Rivera? He was. Uh... it was one and Kyle Wright. Is that a guy? I don't know. It was like, no, these, it's uh,
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't think of his name. All Kyle of Anderson,
0: Kyle, Kyle Allen, maybe Kyle <laughs> Allen, Kyle Allen. There is it, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure that's Kyle Allen, but yeah, I mean, he, he had all these guys. Uh, you know, have your thoughts on Baker, if you will. He's a former 101. Uh, he showed flashes in Cleveland, no doubt about it. Uh, he never really supported a big time wide receiver, but. I don't know. Uh maybe this I don't think it could be any worse for DJ Moore. I think it could only be better. And with a guy like Baker if he just forces it to him a handful more times in the red zone that turns into four or five more touchdowns, now we're cooking with absolute gas. So, uh I think his floor is top 25. I think his ceiling is, you know, as high as top 15, top 10 if they make a pro- if their offense clicks at all with Baker Baker Mayfield at the helm. So, I uh, I'm I'm happy that Baker's there. Um I'm happy he's out of Cleveland. I'm happy that Sam Barnard is at the start.
1: Can I give you a take? I love takes. All right. So everybody in the fantasy football community is trying to find this year's Cooper Cup.
0: Uh, Well, why don't we turn it to the guy who had last year's Cooper Cup, Jones?
1: I'm thinking based off of ADP and the potential that he could play at, I think – I was going back and forth on a couple guys. People, I've, I've been hearing Cortland Sutton a lot. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I think don't know Judy, if he has
0: that type of high end volume, like like. Cooper I think Cubs Judy's going to get the
1: volume in in Denver there, so we'll cross that off. I we'll think, talk
0: about that later.
1: Realistically speaking, I think it could be DJ Moore.
0: Listen, if I hear a narrative that DJ Moore and Baker Mayfield are getting breakfast or reading through the Bible together, or having dinner, whatever type of hand-in-hand connection off the field. If that headline comes up, you know we're going to be talking about it on the future episode of QM Jones.
1: I just think personally, and don't get me wrong, I don't think that Cooper Cup's numbers are going to be replicated anytime soon. That was a a once-in-a-lifetime
0: season.
1: We're talking about a guy that has the potential to finish top five getting him in the fourth round of an ADP. Right. It's hard not to want DJ Moore to be that guy. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, boy. So I'm going to call the my shot now. Kiwuma Jones, 7-10-2022, DJ Moore is this year's Cooper Cup.
0: Oh, brother. And that's, that just can't pull you to the top of the DJ Moore fan club. I don't know if I like that. How about this? I'll one-up you. He's this year's Debo Samuel plus this year's Cooper Cup. No, I'm just kidding. There's no way that can happen. But he
1: tried to say it with the straightest face, too. He's like, (laughs) I love "Mm. DJ
0: Moore. He's like one of my favorites. But
1: I just, after after so I've been looking for him and I've been looking for him all offseason. And I think with Baker in that offense, especially if there's potential that C Mac isn't fully healthy and doesn't play, I think we could see DJ Moore get uh, again above 1200 yards. I think we could see him around the 1500 and like 10 to 12 touchdown ratio, which would be a lot that's, for top five.
0: That's the thing there. Uh the touchdowns, was it 3 years going, he's had four touchdowns. It's almost comical how oh, like how he plateaus at the same damn number. But yeah, if if Baker just unlocks him a little bit. I mean, he's still He's still at the right age. You know, let's not get into too much DJ more talk because we're, we're going to talk about him as we get later on to the show. Uh, let me go ahead and, and, and talk about the headline that's got my attention. Uh, it's 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 what's going around at, at Ravens OTA and Lamar Jackson. He's a no show at OTAs. Uh, they're hoping to get a contract extension finished before actual camp opens up here in a in short time. Uh, it's just, I'm a little nervous. I, I still like Lamar Jackson. I'm not fading him by any stretch. Um, but when you're putting him up in that upper echelon of QBs this year, you know, you got Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, all these dudes here at the top of the list. And Lamar Jackson kind of fits in that list. He might be towards the back end, but he's up in that top tier. And if he's going to miss OTAs and he's, they asked him point blank, are you going to hold out? He said, it's not on my mind. Didn't give a hard no, which it's like, okay, how do I take that? And then when you look at the team from a football sense, you know, they lose his top, they trade away his top target in Hollywood Brown. So is he going to build that rapport with uh, Broch or, or, you know, who's his number one coming into the year, Rashad Bateman? They drafted two tight ends with semi-significant draft capital in Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler. Uh, just just with these all these moving pieces and seemingly uh, an adjustment period, any type of holdout, any type of reluctance to show up and give it his all, I just don't see that being a good thing for Lamar Jackson. Now, if you've seen the pictures of him, he looks like he's j-j-j-j-j-j-jacked. That was right
1: going to be my counter is, is Lamar Jackson's put on some muscle, and there's a report going around that he's fixing his passing mechanics.
0: Right. Yeah, I so if, read he's,
1: that. if he's fixing that, and he can be a more accurate passer with that rushing upside, especially with that little bit of muscle, if I'm the Ravens, I'm throwing him whatever he wants because – that's just not only fantasy-wise does it just bump him up higher and higher and higher, but on the field, I mean, listen, I understand your his targets besides Mark Andrews aren't the greatest right now. You know, Rashard Bateman, Bergo yeah, could be coming. Stay tuned. But don't get me wrong when I say this. I really like Lamar's chances this year to finish as Q, as Q, at, at least QB3 in fantasy football.
0: Yeah. He's always has that upside. And like I said, I'm not fading Lamar Jackson. I just not something I'd like to see if I rostered him in dynasty, but you know, tonight's more of a redraft. So we're going to go from that angle. And if there is a holdout or you are hearing reports that this improved mechanics is kind of there's it's taking him some time to adjust with the new receivers and then potential new formations and plays that they're going to run with. I imagine a, decent amount of two or three tight end sets you know you don't go get those guys who are super athletes to just kind of hold the clipboard you want them out on the field you want them at least helping out in some way shape or form so i'm just i'm just keeping my eyes on lamar i'm not nervous just yet but the more and more i see this keep coming up the more and more i'm like ah you know, if you're using that first round pick in, in, in Superflex or you're going to swoop in, grab him in, you know, round 6-7 and redraft one QB, he's just something to keep monitoring. All right, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it posted here on Cuban Jones. Let's go ahead and move on to why we're here tonight. We're going to do a little would you rather, a little this or that. Jonesy, we got 12 this or that's that we're going to do. So what do you say we jump right on in? Let's do it. Okay. I approach the diving board. just kidding. I'm not going to go into all that. First one of the night, two wide receivers. You know, both are being drafted pretty similarly right now. They're going uh, anywhere, picks anywhere from round four to six, uh, depending on the format, anywhere from wide receiver uh, 19 to wide, uh, wide receiver 17, wide receiver 19. Commander's wide out, Terry McLaurin or Denver Broncos' Cortland Sutton. Jones, who would you rather draft?
1: So for me, this is – it's curious here because I think both of these teams' schedules are very, very easy. I like both of these teams' schedules. So if I'm looking at redrafts, I'm drafting guys from from these teams. But for me right now, I mean, he just got the new contract. I think I'm taking Scary Terry. I think, realistically speaking, if you look at the commander's offense for receivers, Scary Terry is a good one. He's going to compete with Jahan Dotson. I know on, I know you're high on Dotson. I have to see it play out first in training camp and the preseason before I can give a fair assessment of where I think Dotson could finish this year. But if I'm looking at it, I have Terry McLaurin as like a Tier 3 receiver. And Cortland Sutton's just a tier below it. So I would take I would take Scary Terry based on the fact that I think he gets more targets. I think he gets more volume. And I think Corlin Sutton is the wide receiver two on that Denver Bronco team, while Terry McLaurin is the wide receiver one. All
0: right. So I mean, I don't really have a ton to add there. They're super comparable players. Um, you know, Scary Terry was fourth last year in air yards, Sutton was eight. Uh he was, Cortland Sutton was fifth in unrealized air yards. Terry McLaurin was third. So there's a lot of room for them to, you know, really truly uh, improve upon their 2022 seasons. They both do well with the deep ball. They both serve that purpose on their team. Uh, they both have guys, in my opinion, on the depth chart that will uh, take You know, take a little bit uh, uh, from them in terms of their overall target share. And you mentioned Johan Dotson or Jerry Judy or someone who I think is a dark horse, KJ Hamler, baby. But because it's, (laughs) we don't talk about, I'm just kidding. Uh, But, you know, it's so close that uh, at at something like this, I'm going to go with the, the guy on the team that's probably going to be in more shootouts and has a better quarterback. So I'm going to go Cortland Sutton. but it's a razor thin and that extension for sure made it even more closer because there's no way they're going to cast him aside because they paid him, you know, a ton of money over these next three years. They got a new QB in town, but I, I'm going to take Russ. I'm going to take a uh, Mr. Unlimited over or Carson Wentz. So that means I'm taking Cortland Sutton over Terry Mack. So, a little bit on both sides here. we are got a little split on this matchup here. So we'll, we'll probably have a few unanimous, but not right now. Next one I want to talk about is a pair of running backs. Both guys are going, again, similar ranges. Uh, one has caused an absolute argument storm on the Bird app. Who are you Who would you rather draft, Jones, in redraft? Antonio Gibson or Josh Jacobs?
1: So this is where the bird, the the Bull people and the Bird app, I feel so bad because anytime the name Antonio Gibson gets tucked up, it's, it just brings back last year where people had high hopes for him. Now his ADP drops a little bit. I think both of them are tier, like, four running backs. Don't get me wrong. I have Gibson a little bit higher than I have Josh Jacobs. I think basically – I'm looking at schedule, and I liked Washington's schedule. Vegas is – is it's worrying to me. I think they, they have one of the toughest schedules in the league. I'm going to say Antonio Gibson just because I think we've seen what Car- Carson Wentz has done for certain running backs that he's played with, and they've all finished at least in, I believe it's the top 25. And Gibson's been in the top. 15-20 since he entered the league. Jacobs, it's I think it's a Derek Carr passing clinic. We've seen what Josh McDaniel's offense has looked like in the past in New England. I think Jacobs takes a little bit of a hit here. I'll take Antonio Gibson.
0: Oh, so I think we're gonna split here again. Again, they're both going in round six, um, super similar in redraft leagues. I love Antonio Gibson as a player, as a prospect. If we're talking about Madden. I'm taking Gibson, and it's honestly not even close. But we're not talking about Madden. We're talking about fantasy, and for whatever reason, Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders don't want to give him the keys of the truck. They bring back J.D. McKissick in a, a you know a, a thirteenth-hour last-ditch effort to pry him away from Buffalo. They use similar draft capital to take a running back in Brian Robinson. I know you know the argument against both them is that they're both mid uh players which I couldn't really disagree with but the fact doesn't change the you know that the commanders are doing what they can uh to to cloud the backfield to 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 give it a logjam and I just think that's enough for me to go with Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs in the last year of his contract he's got a new head coach he's got a seemingly better offense overall uh and in PPR leagues, he was fifth in receptions amongst qualified running backs. Antonio Gibson was 16th, so that's enough. Uh, better, better core, uh, better head coach, better overall offense catches the ball more. That's why I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs over Antonio Gibson. But like I said, I am a fan of Gibson as a talent. Anything you want to add before we move on to the next this or that?
1: No, no. I think you, I, I truly think you made the wrong decision. But that's just me.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we <laughs> that's why we do these conversations. Maybe I'm lying in bed after this podcast. I'm like, hey, maybe Jones was right. Maybe I will switch. Or maybe I'll go, damn, my man Jones is a freaking dunce because he was Love wrong. That. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Next one I want to talk about is two more running backs. These two are a little bit more veteran. They're, they're a little bit longer in the teeth for fantasy football. Let's talk about Zeke Elliott who's going around pick 404, currently in ADP. And let's talk about James Conner. He's got the bag in Arizona. He's going around the mid to late third round uh, at RB14. Who are you taking, Conner or Zeke Elliott
1: Jones? I'm taking Zeke. I think Zeke's pass-catching abilities make him a much bigger threat. And I don't think Conner gets as many touchdowns as he had the year prior. So I think that's a big diminishing his value right there. And if I'm looking at Arizona's schedule, I think it's going to be struggles for any of their running backs compared to Zeke's. I think Zeke's has a little bit of an easier schedule and an easier road. So if I'm looking in the third round and James Conner and Zeke are still there, I'm passing on Conner and waiting to get back and grab Zeke in the fourth.
0: I'm with you there. I'm going to go Zeke as well. I've kind of faded Zeke each of the last couple of seasons, and it, it just doesn't change Mike McCarthy's philosophy on, on playing football and calling plays. They just give him the ball a ton. He could see it on first and goal, second and goal, and third and goal to make sure he gets the touchdown. Last year, he had 12 total touchdowns at six most amongst qualified running backs. And James Conner in the end, yeah, he scored more, 18. But, I mean, that's kind of a lot of his production came on those, those those touchdowns and i'm just i'm not i'm if i'm gonna bet on health for either one of these guys i'm gonna bet on Elliott. he seems to play through injuries he seems to get it done i do like the backup in dallas more than i like the backup in uh arizona when it comes to tony pollard but maybe they kind of use them both they've shown that they'll use his efficiencies to his you know to his strengths and stuff uh in tony pollard and where zeke's gonna get the meat and potatoes, and he's still seventh in the league in carries and sixth in the league with weighted opportunities, according to playprofiler.com. So I'm going to go with uh, with Zeke. So let's keep feeding Zeke over James Conner. And like you said, you do get that rounder or so um, buffer in ADP, and that's enough to swing it for me, you know, a little bit more so.
1: Also, don't forget, have you, have you seen a picture of Zeke lately?
0: I've seen the picture of Zeke every offseason. He, oh, he just – the whole Dallas team looks like they're in crazy shape.
1: He looks like he hasn't been eaten, so he's going to be eating on the football field. Let's go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, true, true. It is peak physical performance time of the year, no doubt about that. Let's talk about some quarterbacks, John. Some would you rather quarterbacks here? Another debate that has kind of taken the fantasy community by storm: Who would you rather have in redraft, Joe Burrow or Patty Mahomes?
1: This is a tough one for me. I mean, realistically, I think Mahomes is locked to go anywhere in the top four rounds, depending on your league, depending on if you're a super flex league or not. To me, it's just – I like Burrow's weapons better than I like Mahomes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, don't get me wrong, Travis Kelsey, great – best tight end in the league right now. But I'll take – T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd over Juju and Sky Moore. And I'm drawing a blank on another Kansas City receiver because that's Mar-
0: Marquez Valdez Scantling. Did you say him?
1: No, I don't. Well, I don't bring him up in conversation for that reason. Well, it's Charles Kelsey,
0: Juju, Sky Moore, and MVS. That's that's like their top pass I'll, catchers. I'll trust,
1: I, right now, now, I'll say Joe Burrow, but. By the time the season rolls around, I see what Mahomes does without Tyreek Hill. It'll probably be Mahomes, but I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Joe Shiesty right now.
0: Joe Well Apparently, we've hit our groove here, uh, as QM Jones calls. Because I'm gonna I'm going I'm gonna go with you there. I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow. There's just too much uncertainty uh, surrounding Pat Mahomes and company. How does he? How does losing a guy like Tyreek Hill affect him? You, you can't say that it won't. Uh, Tyreek Hill is such a special talent. And the way they work together. I mean, Mahomes getting out of the pocket, going left, going right, shaking someone out of their boots, chucking it deep. It's part of the part of his game. Is he going to be able to have like is he gonna be able to do that with Sky Moore or MVS? I don't know. I mean, they're not Tyree Kale, and I don't think they'd even claim to be. I mean, he's super talented, and in Dynasty, I'd probably still rather have Mahomes and Burrow, but just this year, coming off a Super Bowl loss, you—they got to be hungry. He's got Jamar, he's got Tyler Boyd, he's got T. Higgins, he's got Joe Mixon out of the backfield. They brought in a sneaky tight end in Hayden Hurst, who should help out that tight end room uh, uh, quite a bit from last season. CJ Osoma saw some production, uh, so I'm going to go with Joe. He he had more money throws. He had 36 money throws, and last year, uh, Mahomes only had 32. So a little bit less, and I just I'm gonna go with the guy with the better supporting cast in a one year redraft. So we're both going with. Uh, Would you call him Scheisty Joe?
1: It's Joe Scheisty, baby. Joe
0: Scheisty, absolutely. All right, so there's two in a row. Let's 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 move, Let's get to something else here that I think we'll have some discourse. So we were talking about some receivers to start. Let's go back to the receiving position: Russell Gage or Alan Lazard. Who would you rather take?
1: So you put this in the notes. I sat there and I go, there's no way he's going to really ask me this question, right? And here we are. And I'm going to tell you, I'm taking the the guy that's going to get more targets this year. I'm taking Russell Gage. And it pains me to say it because I'm so anti-Gage, but I just think Green Bay's offense is going to be very much so run heavy. And I like Aaron Jones. I like AJ Dillon. I think the wide receivers are going to struggle a little bit. So I I would say Russell Gage, especially in that Tampa Bay offense that is very pass heavy. And with Chris Godwin missing probably the first six to eight weeks, Russell Gage slides right into wide receiver two territory.
0: So, you know, both of these wide receivers are going right around the same range, um, right around the, uh, fifth and sixth round uh, gauge right now is going off the board at wide receiver 35, Alan Lazard at wide receiver 40. Um, there were the reports, some very, very positive reports coming out of camp revolving around Alan Lazard. He seems to fit that type of veteran mold that Aaron Rodgers will walk onto. Um, I'm not going to call him Devontae Adams, but Devonte Adams wasn't Devante Adams for the first couple of years of his career. Then he became who he became. And we with Alan Lazard last year, he did have 16 targets in the red zone. That's top 20. He had eight total touchdowns. That's 13th among qualified receivers. And with Aaron Rodgers, I do think that could be uh, very, very beneficial. But I'm with you, Jones. Matt LaFleur has shown that he has no problem using two running backs. Um, In the past, when we've seen Devontae out, Aaron Jones gets a pardon my French a shitload of targets. Uh, I'm uh, that's for those reasons I'm I'm gonna go with Russell Gage. I'm big Russell Gage guy uh in 20, in redraft, especially because with the injury to Chris Godwin, uh the the no Gronk, it's just the no A B. Um he's gonna get pepper with targets. And something that I'm really keen on, you know everyone knows Tom Brady is great at exploiting man-to-man matchups when they are beneficial to his weapons. Russell Gage had a 47.3 route win rate against man. That was 12th most out of qualified receivers. And he in I'm sorry that was the win rate overall, but against man specifically, 29.5% success rate. So he was good. Again, top 12, top 12 in in uh fantasy points first man. The guy can get open on -on one-on-one situations, which is exactly what Tom Brady's going to look for. Obviously, Mike Evans will be the apple of his eye. But we saw last year how much he loved AB's route-running abilities and kind of the diversity that he brought on the field. I think that's something Russell Gage can provide at least a little bit. And let's also not discount last year he had 29.2% dominator rating, which is 16th highest. The guy can ball. And with Brady at the helm, I'm give me Russell Gage. Give me all of Russell Gage. Anything you want to add before we move on to the next, would you rather,
1: Jonesy? Uh no, you nailed anything everything pretty much on the head right there.
0: Okay, so the next one I'll talk about. This there's a little bit of an ADP difference here, but I don't uh it's kind of negligible when you're talking about the grand scheme of things, but two. NFC East tight ends. Would you rather have Dallas Goddard or Dalton Schultz?
1: This is a tough one. Yes. Because if you think of Goddard, Goddard has to share targets with Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. Yes. You think of Dalton Schultz right now, it's CeeDee Lamb. Because Michael Gallup is out with injury. He probably won't be there for the start of the season. Which, if that's the so. case, make sure you're drafting Jalen Tolbert.
0: Jalen Tolbert, that's a great
1: call. I think I'll lean Dalton Schultz right now. Just based on the potential for uh, a huge more... Wow, I wasn't even English. A bit more, <laughs> of, a, a bit more of a target <laughs> upside with the lack of receivers available. But I think if you're looking at, you want a guy that's going to produce, I'll lean Schultz, but I really do like Dallas Goddard this year.
0: Yeah. Dallas Goddard, he seems like a true breakout candidate. Uh, there, like I said, there is a about three-round difference in terms of these uh, tight ends in redraft, six to nine. Nice. But- <laughs> Very nice There's just a lot that has to happen in Philadelphia For Dallas Guard to truly, truly break out And that's going to revolve around Jalen Hurts throwing a, a lot more Like you said, A.J. Brown wasn't traded for situational passes He's going to be fed the ball Devontae Smith is a former first-round pick That's going to get his downfield He's a great downfield weapon where does that leave Goddard? Is that leave him where you're looking at like a Dawson Knox type of season where you're hoping for five to 700 yards and a shitload of touchdowns? Um, I don't like really resting upon those uh, situations. So that's why I'm going to go Dalton Schultz. Um, I'm, he, he was great uh, last year, third in receptions, six in receiving yards, uh, six in yards after catch. He had eight total touchdowns, which is fifth most. Um, he was a fifth uh tight end, a tight end five on a points per game basis. And they lost Amari Cooper. Uh so how is that gonna play? I think that's gonna reveal a ton of targets for Dalton Schultz. And I was actually a little down on this offense. Uh, but then a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Mike over uh the, the tear down king from the 40 chess guys. Love you, Mike. Uh he brought up the point that they're gonna be playing against other division one winners, uh divisional winners. So with their defense kind of shoddy this year, they could be in a bunch of shootouts. And if that's the case, I'm a little bit higher on Dak, a little higher on C.D. Lamb, and a little higher on Dalton Schultz than I probably was before I heard that sentence. That was one of those light bulb moments where I kind of went, oh, yeah, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. So for all those reasons, I, too, am going to Dal- well, go with Dalton Schultz. You're going to go with Goddard with the three-round discount. I'm, but I will say this. I am happy uh, to get either. If, you know, receivers there in the sixth or a running back, do you kind of want to, you know, grab one of those in the sixth round? I don't know really who's going to be there, but let's say in your league something crazy happens and you want the three-round discount, I can't can't really blame you on that one. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're a little split there, but I like both players, I think, overall. The next one, this one should be a little spicy. You ready for it? Yep. Would you rather... Draft Javante Williams or Brees Hall in 2022 redraft, Jonesy.
1: This this stinks. I hate this one <laughs> because I love both of them very much. So yes, yes, and my yes. only issue with Javante Williams is Melvin Gordon. It's my only issue, and we've seen it every single year. There's always a rookie running back that finishes in the top five, and Brees Hall just fits that bill. So if you're going for value, Brees Hall might be better to draft than Javante Williams. But if you go wide receiver first and you need a running back, and Javante's there, so think of it like this if Javante's there, you know, Aaron Jones is there. And other running backs are there in the second round. You need a running back to be your RB1. He's a good pick. I just think Brees Hall finishes higher overall at the end of the year than Javante Williams. It pains me to say it. It pains me. So
0: you're going Hall.
1: I'm going Brees just based off the fact that we always get a rookie running back that finishes in the top five, and I have worries that Javante doesn't finish in the top five this year. That is why I will take the two – round discount and wait on Brees Hall.
0: Yeah, it's about a 20-pick difference. Um, Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, This was definitely one of the tougher ones that I put on the show notes. Um, That's kind of why I waited a little bit so that I could kind of build up. Uh, I love them both. Uh, Targeting them both, for sure, uh, in redrafts. Um, But because of the discount, I think I'm going to go Brees 20 picks can be a big difference. If it was a ADP off the table, two guys ahead, you're, ma- you're making a running back selection. Both of them are available. You're taking one, you're taking the other. I'm going to go Javante. Um, I'm not as worried of Melvin Gordon as most people are making it out to be. Last year was a damn near 50-50 split. He was still running back 17. Um, they didn't. They weren't eager To bring him back by any stretch. Uh, Took a little while for them to bring him back. I don't see why this wouldn't be a 60 40 split to start with the potential going to 65 70 in Javante's favor. Their offense is going to absolutely slap this year with Russ at the helm. You're talking about a number of potential goal line touchdowns. um, Fast, you know, and, and on the other side of that coin, too, I mean, Michael Carter is no slouch. I, uh, I am not part of the crowd that believes that Michael Carter is going to stop Brees Hall from being a, a bell cow. Uh, you know, Brees Hall just has all the workout metrics, 97th percentile, 40 yard dash 98th percentile speed score, 94th percentile burst score. So I love me some Brees Hall. Um, but you know, pushkin the shove is one verse one. I'm going to take Javante because I like the offense better. And I like the division he's in, in terms of potential scoring the AFC East. Uh, I talked about this with the uh, you know Ike and Gene on off the line a couple weeks ago. It, it has the potential to have some fun games, but it also has the potential to absolutely suck for fantasy football. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Javante here.
1: It pains me not to take Javante, but I think realistically, it it, uh, it depends on your situation. Like, if say you're in the middle of the draft, right? Mm-hmm. And you are in... <laughs> The top few running backs are off the board and you go Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. You need a running back on the way back. If Javante's there, you take him. But if Javante's not there, you know, there's there's good options. And I just worry that he doesn't finish as high as Brees Hall at the end of the season. That's my that's my biggest worry.
0: It's it's certainly a fair a fair point because uh there's just like something about that pick thirty-five to pick forty-five in the NFL draft that's just really been juicy for running backs dating back like two thousand, I think eighteen or seventeen. So it's just they grabbed him, they traded up to get him. It has a lot of eerily similar uh, kind of desires that the Colts showed to get someone like Jonathan Taylor. Um, but it's just uh, if you're going to discount, I mean, if you're going to knock Javante for having Melvin Gordon. You kind of have to knock Brees Hall, at least somewhat, having Michael Carter back there. Because Michael Carter uh, showed he can play a little bit last year, and I think that that's going to be relevant this year too. But again, if you have one or both on your team, I love them both. This is not a, a completely throw this guy away in favor of the other. This is razor, razor, razor thin. Next matchup here has become very juicy for me personally because it's kind of the strategy that I've been deploying in a ton of the mocks that I've been doing in terms of drafting a tight end and redraft. Waiting, waiting, and waiting. So when I wait, these are the two names that come up, and it's Cole Komet or Albert Aguebunum. Who would you rather draft? One's going 13th, in the beginning of the 13th round, Uh, tight end 16. The other is going at the beginning of the 12th round at tight end 14. So again, about 10 picks different, 12 picks different, according to Underdog ADP. So who are you taking?
1: I'm going to give a quick shout out here. Shout out my boy Nick Script P2W Fantasy. Make sure you're following him.
0: Yeah, Nick's awesome. Nick is one of the most hardest working guys in this industry.
1: He has given the keys, it's a breakout year, it's Cole Komet, it's Cole Komet, it's Cole Komet, it's Cole Komet. Cole Komet, I'm taking Cole Komet over Albert O.
0: Absolutely, Uh, I like Albert O, but Albert O is on a team that's going to be fighting, he's going to be needing to fight for targets from Cortland Sutton, from Jerry Judy, from uh, Tim Patrick, from uh, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, KJ Hamler, If I guess if you're me, no one else. Uh whereas Cole Komet, he's basically locked in to be the number two target getter uh in Chicago. He saw 93 targets last year. He had a snap share of 83.7%. That's sixth highest. He actually ran the fifth most slot snaps out of the tight end position. He had nine deep targets, which is sixth most. He was ninth in air yards. He was seventh in unrealized air yards. He checks all the damn boxes for a tight end breakout. Super athletic guy, four seven forty. Player that he's compared to the most is Vance McDonald, who had a decent career in the NFL. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up, because it really doesn't really help him all that much. But um, I'm going Cole Komet for sure. And this is probably the biggest landslide out of all of our Woodrowellers. And I like Alberto. I've been grabbing him later as my tight end, two or whatnot. But uh, for the most part, give me Cole Komet all day long. Let's go back to the quarterback position because I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this one, Jonesy. Let's battle the AFC East Young Buck quarterbacks. Who would you rather roster in Superflex? Because you're probably not rostering either in 1QB. Superflex redraft. Who would you rather have Tua, Tunga Vailoa, or Mac Jones?
1: Again, I looked at the notes and I said to myself, there's no way. That he's gonna do this to me yet again. It's it's it it's it's, it's Mac Jones, man. Come on. Two, everybody is poising Tua to, to have this breakout season. You need to look at that schedule. Miami has a tough, tough schedule this year, and I think Tua is gonna falter right before our eyes yet again, and Miami's gonna look elsewhere, maybe even in the NFL draft this year. I don't know. I don't personally like Miami's schedule, so I'm kind of going to be staying away from certain guys on that team. I think Mac, in the way that this offense is set up, I think he is a better pick than Tua. Uh,
0: So Tua actually surprised me in a few different metrics here. Uh, He was – First in deep hall completion percentage. And he was first in red zone completion percentage last year. Uh he was one of the most accurate QBs. He actually had the third highest accuracy rating amongst qualified quarterbacks. They brought in some weapons for him. Um, on the other side of the coin, Mac Jones is also pretty accurate. He's a pretty good game manager. He's actually he was the second best for pressured completion percentage. So under distress, the man can still get on the ball. Where I, where it comes down to for me is do I want the – I don't know. What is it here? Let me double check. What, the almost 50-pick discount for Mac Jones, but I have to get a guy with potentially one of the worst supporting casts in football, or do I go to a Tonga Bailoa who, like I said, I have to use a pick 50 slots higher than Mac Jones, but he has potentially the best race car in the NFL. Yeah. Give me the discount, Give me Mac Jones. I just think that in superflex uh theoretically you're gonna grab a you know a good quarterback to be a qB one uh if you take one in the first round, you're getting a stud. If you take one towards the end of the first second round, maybe you're getting a, a Derek Carr or something. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But I think that Mac Jones's floor is pretty safe uh even with the lack of weapons, and I like that discount just too much to take Tua over Mac, so I think we're both going Mac here, but if there's no ADP difference, you're still taking Mac over Tua? Yes. See, for me, I think if there was no ADP difference, uh, I'm taking I'm taking Tua. Let's say you're doing a QB streamer in your redraft league, uh, your guy's on a buy, they're both coming free uh, via the waiver wire, I'm taking Tua depending on matchup, obviously, but yeah. Uh, given the, the scenario here, we're talking ADPs, you can't discount that, especially when we talk about draft season, so Let's just call a spade a spade and call it what it is, okay? So uh I'm going to go with Mac Jones because of that discount. Next battle here of would-you-rathers, we're going to the top of the food chain. We're talking about the top two players at the position. Would you rather draft Travis Kelsey at the back end of the first round, or would you rather draft Mark Andrews? at the middle of the second round?
1: Andrews. I think Andrews' volume and the way that he is going to be on the field and how his chemistry with Lamar is in certain situations, I absolutely love Mark Andrews this year. He, in my opinion, at the value and where you take him, fantastic pick. Manny, look at me when I say this. He was tied in one last year. He's going to be tied in one again this year.
0: So this is tough because they're the two best in the position. You're talking about one, two in receptions, one, two in receiving yards, uh, one, two in fantasy points per game. Uh, surprisingly expected points per game. Travis Kelsey was first where Andrews was fourth. So that's kind of the, one of the only places in terms of your, your metrics here that we're even seeing a couple places different. It's uh, again. It's it, we didn't we didn't make these easy. Uh, we definitely didn't make them easy. Kelsey loses. Travis uh, Travis Kelsey loses. Tyreek Hill. The games in which Hill was not on the field, he was actually le- le- uh, he was not as productive. So having that downfield threat obviously helps him get open in the middle of the field. So what did the Chiefs do? They went out and got somebody who can kind of do a little both in uh, Juju Smith and get two speedsters and MVS and in Sky Moore. I think that those guys won't necessarily replace Tyreek Hill, but they'll definitely do a good job kind of filling in in the role in terms of how the offense kind of rolls. So give me Travis Kelsey in redraft. Dynasty, Mark Andrews, he's got the age advantage, and he's going, you know, he's one of the best. But we're we're talking about razors, thin margins here. Give me Travis Kelsey, the guy who's done it now, six years going or whatever it is, seven years going. One of the top tight ends. And he's just going to be a target monster. He's going to be looked to a ton from Patrick Mahomes. And Pat's under distress, he's going to be the guy he turns to. Uh, so I, I'm still going for Travis Kelsey. I'm i I'm saddling up on Kelsey for one more ride around the Merry-Go Round. Okay, the next, would you rather hear another pair of quarterbacks? Uh they're really not as valuable in one QB. So, again, let's put on our Superflex hats because all of a sudden these guys become a ton more valuable in those formats. Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, Jonesy?
1: Kirk Cousins. And, and here's, here's, here's why. I think even outside of Superflex, if you want to wait for a quarterback, right, I think Kirk Cousins can help you win a league this year. I love him in this new Vikings offense. The new head coach was the OC of the Rams last year. So you have to put into perspective that his numbers could take a big, big, big step forward from what they already are. And they're very, very good. He has two talented wide receivers. I think with Derek Carr, the issue is McDaniels in that offense it's going to be pass-heavy, but there's going to be times where he – it's third it's third and 13, and instead of throwing the football, he's just going to run a half-back draw, and that just takes the whole flow of the offense out of the way. I like Kirk Cousins. If you want to go with I want to fill out my roster and I want to get three to four good running backs, I want to get three to four good wide receivers, a solid tight end, and wait on a quarterback, Kirk Cousins is your guy because I think Kirk Cousins has the potential to finish in the top three for fantasy quarterbacks this year.
0: So you basically have him as this year's Stafford? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like Cousins. I think he's a great option. Um, as pretty much a high end QB2, uh, he's finished inside the top 12 each of the last two years on a points per game basis. Uh, just like you said, they're implementing a better, more offensively, offensive friendly uh, game plan with, you know, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. That's great and all. Uh, so I definitely like him, but I'm I'm going Derek Carr here. My gut's just telling me that Derek Carr is in line for a massive season. He was fifth last year in pass attempts, fifth last year, deep ball attempts, fifth last year, in passing yards, fifth most air yards. Uh, and they got him definitely an offensive upgrade and head coach. Uh, Much like they did in Minnesota, they certainly did in Vegas with Josh McDaniels. They went ahead and got him one of the best receivers in all of football in Devontae Adams. They paid Hunter Renfro to make him happy. Um, It just seems like they're putting putting things together to really give him a chance to have a real go at it. And maybe potentially a a, a tiebreaker here is the division. Vikings can kick the shit out of maybe all the teams in their division. Uh, If they're if they're if they are as good as we think they can be with their offseason adjustments, they can definitely beat the Lions and the Bears and the Packers won't be as good as they were last year. So potentially could that help him? Whereas Derek Carr could be in shootouts all the time, given his division and given the offensive madness that we'll see in the AFC West. So for those reasons, give me Carr uh, just slightly. But if cars, you know, again, we're splitting hairs. We're talking about. Uh, I think it was QB 15, QB 14 off of the board uh, in this year's redraft. So I, and I like them both to finish higher than that. So I'm, I'm bullish on both for sure. 11 would you rather down? One to go. Let me just double check my chart here. Did it. Did it. Did it. Okay. Last one. And I saved the best for last. One wide receiver is being taken around pick 32 middle part of the third round. He's going off the board at wide receiver 15. The other guy is going off the board around pick 42 in the beginning of the fourth at wide receiver 20. Those guys, Jones, Deontay Johnson or DJ Moore, who would you rather have?
1: This is a tough one. I think with, the unknowing of what the quarterback situation looks like in Pittsburgh, whether it's Trubisky, whether it's Kenny Pickett, whether it's Mason Rudolph. I think I'm going to take DJ Moore in this spot only because, like I said earlier in the show, I think he's going to be this year's Cooper Cup. exceed expectations very, very much so as a fourth round wide receiver and fantasy taken off the board. I think him and Baker have, a potential to have a great relationship with one another. I'm gonna t- take DJ Moore here in this spot. Don't get me wrong, Deontay Johnson is the clear wide receiver one on Pittsburgh. But Claypool could take a step forward. You also got Pat with Najee Harris gets uh the pass the the passing ability out of the backfield as well. Add them all together, man. It's just I'll take DJ Moore.
0: It's DJ Moore for me. I love DJ Moore. Uh, my, my my man love for Moore is so big, but at the same time, I think just logically, uh, if I took away my bias for Moore, I still would take Moore over Deontay. I'm not fading Deontay like some in the in the industry are, given all the other questions in the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense, but I am definitely taking DJ Moore over Deontay. A new quarterback will happen on both ends, whether it be uh, Baker Mayfield for the Panthers or if it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. For the Steelers, we're going to see two new QBs. One team used their two picks to bring in receivers. One team didn't. One team had already a supporting cast consisting of playmakers and guys who are good at hashtag football. The other might not. So give me more all day long. I mean, this could be the more and Christian McCaffrey show, with Baker Mayfield, uh, like we've mentioned at the top of the show, he's seen over 115 targets each in the last three years. He's caught, you know, anywhere from 66 to 93 passes. He's had 1,200 total yards in the four touchdowns each year. Uh, again, I think we both expect that to go up. Uh, fifth in target share, fifth in air yards for his team. Uh, he's just an absolute dominator. Uh, speaking of which, he had a 30.5% dominatoring. ring. That's 12th amongst uh, qualified wide receivers, according to playerprofiler.com. I love DJ Moore, and I think this year you could truly see his potential unlocked for the 25-year-old. And I don't think it's truly – I mean, if, if, if Baker Mayfield tr- proves to be above average in this offense – you could see a guy who, who this time next year when we're opening up season three, Jones, we're talking about DJ Moore as a top five dynasty receiver. I don't think yep. that's out of the case. You talked about him being this year's Cooper Cup. I want to co-sign on that. I want to be there right there with you. I will never take the credit. I'll always give you the credit, but I want people to know out there that my man Jones is not on a cliff here for DJ Moore. I think, I mean, is he's just, I know people look at him as a meh producer in fantasy which they have every right to he hasn't finished inside the top 20 for wide receivers on a points per game basis since 2019 but his QB plays been so atrocious and with this division now not necessarily looking like the the well-run you know tip-top machine that it kind of was two couple years ago why not DJ Moore exploding in 2022 so give me DJ Moore Jonesy, that's going to wrap up the Would You Rather section. That's going to wrap up tonight's episode. Anything you want to t- say to our faithful listeners before we say goodnight?
1: Listen, we're on TikTok now. Make Ooh. sure you go check us out on TikTok at Kiwum and Jones underscore. Give it, going to be more involved during the season, trying to put out more content for you guys because we want to help you win your leagues this year. That's what we're here for. We're yes, have sir. a good time. And, and to win some leagues and to help the listeners win some leagues. So this is exactly what we're doing here. We've had a couple posted up. Maddie's put up one about a trade. I've put one up about a running back to avoid running backs that could be league winners this year, quarterbacks that could be league winners this year. Obviously there's going to be a bunch more content coming from us. So you're going to want to stay tuned. Make sure you follow us on TikTok at Cube and Jones underscore. Cause we're going to boom.
0: It's Yeah, to the moon, baby. Now, where are they, can they find you and your stuff?
1: So if you want to follow, find me on TikTok, at uh, cjones 2 you want to follow me on Twitter, at cjones 21212 Daily Gambling Picks, MLB's been unreal this month. But I have a lot of exciting things for football this season. So make sure you stay tuned because NFL is going to be great. It's going to be great for your boy.
0: Absolutely. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at MattyKewoom. I'm also on TikTok at MattyKewoom there. Like Jones said, definitely, definitely follow Kewoom and Jones underscore on TikTok. We got a lot of stuff coming out this year. Season two is going to be big for your boys. We're going to start doing some videos. We're going to do some pods. We're obviously going to have some fantastic guests along the way this year. Can't wait to go see some of our friends over in Canton this summer. That's going to be freaking awesome. I got some articles. Coming out for uh, Roto Underworld at uh, playprofile dot com. Coming out soon. So yeah, that's where you can find us. That's where you can mess with us. That's where you can rock with us. Uh, so that's going to wrap up tonight's episode. I'm Wom He's Jones. This is Kiwum and Jones Fantasy Football Show. See you next time. Peace.